This is CJ ProSlice, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with Byron Lambert, and it's a big week over at RosterWatch.com. We have just now dropped our new offensive line rankings. Uh, these things go deep. They grade each player based on our uh evaluations of them not only as prospects but as players of the National Football League Um, also an array of advanced metrics that are built into those things it's an awesome set of offensive line rankings and a great tool Uh, very proud to put it out you can find it with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com also the superflex cheat sheet is now available in version 1.0 the PPR cheat sheet has been updated to version 2.3 of course all of the scoring distribution data and all of the upcoming tools through the rest of the month of July to get us ready for redraft season kicking off in earnest at the beginning of August. Get ahead of the competition. Go to rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership right now. Only $3.99 for the rest of this month, and you will be grandfathered in at that price. With that being said, Byron, there's a ton of stuff to get to. Let's start with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I can't believe it. Maybe we can believe it. Hell, I tried to tell everybody at the experts panel at the National Fantasy Football Convention just this weekend that they were being donkeys about Le'Veon Bell and their love for him at number one overall in all formats, especially in PPR. I had to tell them and the crowd. Look, Stefania Bell had just told everybody uh, in the audience that all these injury guys that are quote-unquote available in week one they're not ready in week one they never are they're not truly ready and so when Matthew Berry and all these other guys said they had Le'Veon Bell at number one in PPR I had to ask him I said excuse me maybe I've missed something on vacation in Florida but has Le'Veon Bell's contract situation been resolved and of course they said no so I said well he's a threat to hold out and in my opinion these holdouts are just like Stefania Bell's injury guys who are quote-unquote available in week one. They're not ready. They're not ready. How can you take Le'Veon Bell at number one with the specter of that situation when you got rock-solid plays like Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott uh, right there in the fold with them, at least for me in that top three. So uh, I kind of had to... Kind of had to lay down the law for Roster Watch Nation at the National Fantasy Football Convention for the audience and for those other experts out there. Why that just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And now with the newest news coming out that Le'Veon Bell has once again rebuffed the latest, greatest, biggest contract offer, a pretty big monster for a running back position with thirty million guaranteed from 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 the Steelers. Like he's pulling a Kirk Cousins, right? He's just he's just riding dirty. It, and, and he's betting on himself, man. And he's going YOLO. I think, he's putting big, big yeah. cash in the, it, it, putting big cash in the bank here. So, 
I don't see why this wouldn't be another holdout. He's a veteran. These guys don't want to be in camp anyways. Hasn't really affected his overall market value as a football player uh, in these contract situations. uh, But it it affected his start last season. I don't think that – I think that Adam Schefter was used by Le'Veon Bell's agent on – he was used by Le'Veon Bell's agent on – what was that? So the the cap deadline day was Monday – and it was probably on Saturday that we got the tweet from Adam Schefter, a concerning tweet saying that it was likely that Le'Veon Bell would hold out half the season and just so he could be fresh for, uh, fresh for next year, right? Now, that clearly wasn't true because he's recently gone on social media and, and uh, different Instagram stories and stuff like that. And said, "Look, he's going to play the season. It's going to be he was he wants to retire a Steeler, and this is going to be the best season of his career, et cetera, et cetera." To me, if he was planning on holding out, he's he's not going to say that stuff. And so, you begin to wonder, okay, so he's not going to hold out for any of these games. But he he got back to camp last year nine days before the first Pittsburgh Steelers game. He came back on September first. He's not going to be coming back any earlier than September first this year, because if you're not if you don't have to be there at training camp, you're not getting the contract that you want. You're not going to go to training camp. Training camp sucks, right? It's no fun. You like it, it's um, a lot of these athletes feel like they can get the same kind of level, the same level of conditioning, the same level of uh, physical exertion, etc. Working at, Do these uh, rich millionaire men have to go get in a bunk bed with some big burly offensive lineman clogging their toilet? They don't get laid for a month. They yeah, hate that. Yeah, whereas the, you know, whereas they could go to their their there. Oh, there's a litany of trainers out there and facilities out there that would love nothing more than Le'Veon. Well, I was Bell. just in Pensacola. They could have been down there on the Emerald Coast training at the high performance facilities down there. Yeah, we can get in like a hyperbaric chamber after practice. And you'd, like you said, you don't have you to fucking go. You run with parachutes on your back on the beach. You don't got to go crawl into bed after a long day of like fighting with all of your teammates because you're so sick of one another and you got to crawl into some goddamn bunk bed with this fat slob that snores and plays offensive line. Like you said, clogging up the, clogging up the goddamn toilets, probably jerking off into some goddamn dirty-ass sock. You don't want to go to fucking training camp. He's not going to go to training camp. Do you think he likes having these guys jerk off in socks in the bed next to him? I'm fucking dying, well, man. He's not going to do hey. it. Why would he go? And so here's the thing. You you fuck you here's the thing. You, September 1st, he's no, he's only going to have a few days to, with the team and we've seen what happens when that happens. The last he was a disappointment for the for, for the first two games of last season. I mean, not a horrible disappointment. He didn't completely kill you, but he didn't get to 20 points like he did in all the other games. He had a couple of games with, you know, to, like I believe that first that first game back, he only had 10 rushing attempts. No, I don't want him at number one. I don't want him at number one. We've been saying it all off season. It, it, I, in PPR, I want Gurley. I possibly even want Zeke at number one. I just think that they're and, and, they're and safer I want bets. David, and, and I want David Johnson. I moved him down. Well, that's fair. I, I moved him down on the PPR cheat sheet and on the new Superflex cheat sheet to where we'll take him at four, because there still is lingering concern that he could hold out games. I mean, he said that that's not going to happen, but we know that once the agent gets involved, that kind of thing can happen. And I'm worried about him getting off to a slow start. He had a, he had he had enough touches last year to to where 
it could be one of these deals where, man, we've seen these seasons where these guys get massive, massive, massive touch loads in the year before, and they fall off. They don't not necessarily fall off a cliff, but can fall off efficiency-wise that, that next year. You have now an offense where you could be possibly having Juju Smith-Schuster move in to the slot role. And if you have a guy like him in the slot, that's a lot different than having guys like – who? What's that? Even what's that little guy's name that plays for the Steelers? I even forget his name. Eli Rogers, right? Oh, They're, a little shrimpy, puny. And so here's the thing: how can you, how can you pencil in Le'Veon Bell for all the extra, you know, dynamic work that he gets out of the slot? Whenever they not only have maybe Juju Smith-Schuster bumping into the slot, but a new seam-stretching option that they're going to want to be getting more involved in Vance McDonald there at tight end, it could bite into a little bit of his uh, extracurricular receiving that took place besides just his receiving out of the backfield. You have to remember that on a, on a, on a much larger than would be substantial uh, set of plays, Le'Veon Bell was actually lined up as a wide receiver in 2017. Not as, a, not as a receiving weapon out of the backfield, but as an actual wide receiver. Whenever you want to get more wide receivers on the field in the year 2018, now that you have James Washington out there who you want to stretch the field, you're going to bump Juju Smith-Schuster in there to the slot. You're, of course, you're always going to have A.B. who you can move around and get in different spots. Now you have Vance McDonald who we're hearing more and more that they want to get more and more involved. I think that the target volume could decrease a little bit for Le'Veon Bell this season. Combine that with the fact that I'm worried about a holdout. I'm worried about his discontent with his contract. I still think he should. He needs to be taken in the top four picks. But with these other guys, I just don't see. I don't see any of those. You know, those same confounding variables. Which brings us to Jalen Samuels, who you wanted to talk about. Do you see him possibly getting any run this year? Or is he just a pure handcuff to Le'Veon Bell? Should anything go sideways? First, I'd like to say it sure would be fitting if we could work something out with Roster Watch Nation where you might have to get a Vance McDonald tattoo at the end of the season. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I am getting fired up over here for uh, an update to the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet as we are headed into training camps here in principle. They've started to kick off. Uh, We'll be going to version 2.0 on the site for our pro subscribers. It's actually the 10th update since the NFL Draft of the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet. It goes 100 deep. You won't find anything like it anywhere else. And the fact is nobody knows the rookies like we do. So this thing is dialed in much better than any Dynasty Rookie tool you'll find anywhere else. And just follow the three simple rules, guys. The Dynasty Rookie Draft uh, is expert quality guaranteed. So the question, of course, is Alex, uh, Jalen Samuels, a player that we've been very high on, a running back, a Swiss Army knife, a terrific receiver coming out of NC State. Uh, he shared the backfield there with Nime Hines. Jalen Samuels, a player we've loved ever since he really caught our attention at the Senior Bowl back in Mobile uh, in January. Player we're probably already higher on than most of the rest of the industry, but as I cook up version 2.0, the latest update to the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet for our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. Alex, I wonder, I want to ask you, how much higher can Jalen Samuels go on this cheat sheet? Uh, let's play a little name game here. Does the idea of a Le'Veon Bell holdout potentially into the season, does that move Jalen Samuels above Nime Hines for you on the Dynasty rookie draft cheat sheet? You're thinking Dynasty here. Because Le'Veon's gone next year? 
and he I mean, and, and Jalen Samuels it's a real is possibility, the heir right? Apparent. So you yeah, gotta like him more right. than Nine Hines, probably, right? Uh, Who, by the way, I want to give you some love. You and Matthew Barry share the same sentiment about Nine Hines being a valuable asset as a rookie in PPR formats, just based on the concept that he's got the most identifiable role in that offense and out of that backfield. So um, just thought I'd share that with you. I think that's a pretty compelling argument actually there for this season. Ma- Hines Matthew as a, Berry, as a the talented Mr. Roto, he knows his well, stuff. You, got, you, do, you do say, man, he's about 200 pounds. And as I was standing next to Chris Thompson again this year at the NFFC, the National Fantasy Football Convention in Fort Worth at the Will Rogers Coliseum. Hey, by the way, I want to thank, uh, it was Justin... And Tom from Austin, Devin from Detroit. Uh, we had Tyler and his dad, Dennis, from Oklahoma. We had Katie from the Dallas area. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming and finding me at this event. Uh, as members of Roster Watch Nation, you guys are our friends, and it was just so cool to get to interact with you guys there. And I really appreciate all the kind comments um, after the experts panel that we did there. So, uh, uh, thanks again. But you know, when you're standing next to Chris Thompson and you're thinking about him, you're reminded. So it's funny seeing Chris Thompson and Jarek McKinnon standing next to each other. That's probably another conversation for another day. But you start to think Naeem Hines has real legs to be a potential Chris Thompson. I know in the last podcast I said guys of that stature don't really earn the big snap count long run that that you can rely on i think that's probably still true to some extent but we've seen chris thompson get it in spots and i certainly think i mean thompson was an electric player coming out of college he'd had some durability issues i I really think you know thinking back to the evaluations that i did of hines this offseason that um, he's getting comparisons to kind of a sproles in some ways but i think chris thompson is a good comp for Nyme Hines, and that's a good player in PPR. So anyways, let's think Dynasty here. Back to this, Alex. In Dynasty, do you like Jalen Samuels more than Nyme Hines and or Kalen Balaj at this point? Oh, more than Kalen Balaj, yes. Yep, more than Kalen Balaj. I think, I think the problem is with Hines. The problem is with here's Here's my thing. In Dynasty, I'm always thinking that these rookies, I like to draft these rookies that not only are going to be valuable to me in the long run, but are also going to possibly help me win now, right? Which is our strategy and at Roster Watch. I, I, always, mean, we I always want to win, win right win now. now in Dynasty. If you're always kicking the can down the road, you'll never win. The only time you want to go into a rebuild is if it's just an unmitigated disaster with your roster, but that won't be the, ha- the case if you've ever used our tools or been a pro subscriber. Just we take know so advice, much about these yeah. rookies. Your rosters are fucking loaded every year. The only way that could happen is if you've inherited – a trash roster and you're just now new to roster watching you know talk to our other subscribers we'll have that thing turned around in about 12 months flat for you guys with trades and a couple of dynasty a rookie dress i think it's interesting you mentioned that about kalen balage though because you know you got to think about it. gore's not going to be around long and drake is only on a four-year rookie deal what's this year three for hit for drake at least so i get it I get it. I see the prowess in the short term with Hines, and, and now maybe Samuels, Samuels a little, even a little bit more. But I do, I do like Balaj long term. Do you like Jalen Samuels as much or more than Carrion Johnson in Dynasty now, who some of the guys on the experts panel, specifically the talented Mr. Roto, aren't very high on this year? Well, I'm not as high on Carrion Johnson this year, but I do think that Carrion Johnson has a greater than 15% chance of breaking out. 
and, and being a player that everybody's like, God damn, why did I not take him in the ninth or tenth round? You know, I should have known. Amir Abdullah sucks. Theo Riddick's puny. Uh, okay. You know, LeGarrette, LeGarrette Blunt's, you know, I mean, he's been effective as a touchdown scorer, but he's, he's old. Like, I think the carry on Johnson has a greater than 15% chance of, of a breakout this season. And I like carry on. I, I've always kind of liked carry on Johnson. I, I like him long term there. And I believe as I look over our uh, offensive line, let me just pull up our new offensive line rankings that you could download right now with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. They were just uploaded at 6 30 last night. We have. And by the way, isn't it interesting how high the Rams and the 49ers have crept up that list? And the Detroit Lions. The seventh best offensive line in, in in the league, they all of a sudden have like they have like they have good players along this offense. I mean, you, I mean they have you, they have Ricky Wagner, who we weren't that impressed with as a prospect, but you have to give him credit by the Pro Football Focus scores that he's been able to uh, that he's been able to rack up uh, the sports info solutions has him as as one of their top graded tackles they have taylor decker coming back they drafted frank ragnow who's one of the nastiest uh one of the nastiest interior offensive linemen uh in this whole entire class and then on the other inside spots they have glasgow and they have tj they brought in tj lang from the i guess from the packers to play at the right guard so all of a sudden that offensive line is looking strong to quite strong. And, oh, not even to mention, a guy who we really liked and who was just off the all-senior bowl team, a Tyrell Crosby from Oregon as their swing tackle. So that's a group that not only looks to be good across the starters, but also a really good spring t- swing tackle there if the case uh, does arise for depth. So that's a good offensive line in Detroit. I like on Johnson more than I like any of these other guys that we're discussing. My, my I, guy, I think, Tyrell Crosby, man. Well, we got to see if he can bend against these guys. And if he, I well, think he the, can. Well, I think he can. And I think his hands and his arms are, are long enough and his hands are well, good he enough. Needs to be, we'll, we'll to he needs to not get overextended. He needs to not get overextended. And if he can figure that out at the NFL level, he's 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 going to be really good because his feet, right? I mean, that's what you like. It's his it's his size and his feet. He just needs to that not big, get overextended. That big silver helmet at the Senior Bowl. You, let me ask you: Think our director of analytics, Mike Band, is going to try to talk you into giving the Minnesota Vikings offensive line a bump here? I don't know. Hey, I could tell that he was probably tilted because he looked over the uh, he looked over the he looked over the sheet. Uh, you know, to give any suggestions or to, um, you know, correct anything that he thought needed correcting. And he didn't he didn't send anything about the Vikings. So, well, it's not roster watch if somebody's not on tilt. I, I do think I, I wonder I'll be curious as we you know, we'll, we continue to update these tools through training camp as we're on the scene live at these training camps and as as more information comes in about these players performance and these depth charts i'll be curious to see if teams like the redskins saints and bears can rise at all up this list already rated pretty strong on the offensive line tool those will be three that i'll uh, be keeping a lot an eye on just strictly for you know camara for guys for jordan howard Tariq cohen there's a lot to monitor there, Alex. So what I'm hearing from you is we'll get Jalen Samuels above Naeem Hines no, and Kalen Balaj. Above Kalen Balaj, but I'm not sure we get him above Naeem Hines. So in I mean, Dynasty? I just I, I love I, I love the idea of Naeem Hines and that Andrew Luck offense. Okay, well, are you still uh, what about over Jordan Wilkins? In Dynasty, well, Jalen Samuels. Well, most, uh, I might take him over Jordan Wilkins. So it'll go Naim Hines, Jalen Samuels, 
Jordan Drew Wilkins, Jordan Wilkins, Kalen Balazs. Oh, yes. I'm not sure if we can get. It, we'll, we'll get it, We'll cook that up, and then let me ask you, cross, <laughs> you don't cross, like, you don't like that, cross, that, that, man, we can't, Kalen Balaj is a stud, man, we can't ever forget it. Jalen Samuels, Fair let enough. me ask you, cross, That's fine, but I, I, I do, th- I do think, I do think that he, he belongs, Jalen Samuels belongs there back to back somehow with Naheem Hines, and I think both well, those two, guys need to be above Kalen Two similar players Balazs. in a lot of ways, right? Jalen yeah, Samuels, just, a bigger, it, it, bigger version hey, of it. If you could, be, if, if if you're trying to build a monster long term, and you have the players in place to make that happen this year without having to add an important piece there in the second round, where either Naheem, I think Jalen Samuels, man, you know, I've only drafted in Devi leagues so far, and so a lot of these, you know, 2018 guys slide down the list a little bit as, as a bunch of the guys in my leagues are gobbling up these you know 2019 college players so with that being said though a lot of the 2018 guys are gone from uh, the pool from last year right because people in 2017 gobble up the 2018 guys so I think it kind of offsets and in the every league that I've drafted in so far both Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels have gone in the second round and Nahe, well, here's and, what I'm going to do. And, and, and Naheem Hines always goes ahead of Jalen Samuels, it seems. I'm going to separate Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels into their own tier, slightly above a new Kalen Balazs, Jordan Wilkins tier. Let me ask you cross-positionally here. Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels, do you like those guys in Dynasty as rookies about as much as Calvin Ridley or Cortland Sutton or James Washington? I like, do you think uh, – well, as rookies, I hate Cortland as, Sutton as a, as a dynasty rookie. rookie. Dynasty rookie draft. I would put it, so uh, dynasty. I mean, for the same reason I talked about liking Naheem Hines, maybe a little bit more than Jalen Samuels. If Le'Veon Bell is healthy and plays the whole season, Jalen Samuels is in the same role as Cortland Sutton, where he's not going to come on board until next year, as anybody who's remotely viable. Whereas James Washington could be viable this year. So maybe okay, okay. Okay, so maybe so we can because you know me, we can. I'm more than happy not to uh, James Washington, a player I've been very high on. We could flip maybe Washington and Sutton there yeah, and see and, if we can and reconcile. I, and I and I love thinking about Jalen Samuels and Naheem Hines, sort of in that in a tier. Maybe just maybe like you said, just a little bit above those guys. More about what I'm thinking about a Calvin Ridley, but maybe around Calvin Ridley, James Washington is maybe where I would think about those guys. Hey, I got to tell you, man, I got a chance to see Cortland Sutton again in Fort Worth at the NFFC this week. Got to talk to him. Actually got to talk to him and Josh Doxson. Um, stood right next to both of those guys. They're standing right next to each other. Man, I and I was a little bit surprised and reminded that Cortland Sutton is a lot bigger than Josh Doxson. If not a lot, I mean noticeably and significantly bigger. Those are two different players with different body types. Something to keep in mind then. Cortland Sutton's super happy he landed in Denver. I think he understands he's not going to play for a little while. Um, okay, well, I'll get those changes made. And then as far as the Jordan Wilkins, Kalen Balaj tier of dynasty rookie running back, do you kind of like them we around just, the— we, we should just sort that out via ADP, and I don't have the dynasty ADPs really pulled up right this instant, but I know that Jordan Wilkins has a higher ADP than Kalen Balaj. The 2018 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. 
Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It is only at rosterwatch.com. Do you like Balage and Wilkins in Dynasty as rookies about as much as Sutton, Gallup, or Pettis? I like. I think I like Gallup more than who than Wilkins and stuff. If you have Belage and Jordan Wilkins cross positionally, dynasty rookies, do you like them about as much as either Sutton, Gallup, or Pettis? I like I like Gallup better than those guys, but I I think that probably yeah something like a Sutton, yeah. Okay. All right, so we got that dialed in. Guys, we'll have version 2.0. It's the 10th update to the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet up on the site uh, today, uh, ready to rock and roll for our pro subscribers now that camps are back in swing and these rookies are back in action. One more thing we wanted to get to was uh, the player who brought us in. It was CJ ProSize. You said that we just haven't talked about him much uh, during this offseason, and I agree. I haven't heard so much as a peep from anybody uh, about CJ ProSize, a guy who – it seems like it was decades ago that he came in and went gangbusters there for that Seattle Seahawks offense at a running back position that is so so dreadfully thin that they had to uh, go out and get Rashad Penny. Clearly, Rashad Penny probably is going to get the first crack around there, but C.J. Procise has always been the one that they've dubbed as at least being the third down and uh, sort of passing down specialist. Uh, if there were no Rashad Penny, we, I think we'd be talking about C.J. Procise as a dude that if he's able to stay healthy, that's a really, really big if, could be a potential breakout candidate this year. Where are you on C.J. Procise? His ADP basically has it to where you can get him for completely free. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to draft him on many teams just because of other players who I think have uh, you know higher higher floors with similar kinds of upside. With that being said... Man, like there was a time there where ProSize looked like Seattle's version of David Johnson. Or Reggie Bush, crossed with Reggie Bush, right? Two guys that Pete Carroll was really familiar with. We can never forget, we had very high marks on C.J. ProSize's skill set coming out as a rookie out of Notre Dame. And then we won a whole bunch of money in DFS with C.J. ProSize at the end of his rookie season. This guy looked like he was about to be a potentially prolific uh, PPR and dynasty uh, asset. Um, I had a chance to speak with him at Seahawks camp last year. I'll go back and see him again this year. I mean, super good kid. Just the durability issues have been killing him. And as we know, you don't make the club in the tub. But as you've been architecting the PPR cheat sheet, we had this guy that just a few years ago looked like a potential PPR star on the rise. And as Liz Loza from Yahoo said on the experts panel uh, that I participated in in Fort Worth this weekend, she said she loves going back every year and looking at the guys who really underperformed versus last year's ADP. Uh, That way she can uh, look at guys that she might want to take advantage of recency bias in this year's drafts. And as you say, I mean, uh, CJ Procise just not even on the draft board right now strikes me as a guy that you at least have to start – 
putting on your list to consider at the end of drafts. At least have a that name on your watch list as you head into the season for your waiver wire. Um, you know, he's a guy that could come out of nowhere and do some damage in PPR uh, in certain situations. If he can stay healthy. And I certainly agree with the recency bias take from Liz Loza. But where Roster Watch Nation will profit the most based on recency bias is not going to be with CJ ProSize, but it is going to be with one of the greatest of all time at the quarterback position. Roster Watch Nation this season is going to profit off of Drew Brees. 